Good evening, and thank you for joining the Voice of Many podcast with your host, Yolanda, and co-host Vanessa. It is an honor to have the gentleman that you see below. Um, those of you that are watching um, our, our live recording, um, this gentleman, his name is Keith Bevan. A lot of you, um, if you grew up in my age, you've seen his work, read his work, but there's so much more um, behind him as well. Um, Keith is a crisis specialist, a marriage counselor, author, educator. He has the full package, but more, more importantly, he is a man who has... Um, experienced many of life challenges and struggles, but he is a husband. He is a, a man of God, and he is here to enlighten and empower us in how life can change, um, and it can change you for the better. Um, as I say, many of us may have um, read his work, seen his work. Um, he had several features in the Essence, Ebony, and Jet, Jet magazines. But most of all, right now, he is a mental health ministry mentor, and he's in the ministry helping couples and helping people to better their lives. Welcome, Mr. Keith Bevan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm taking you on the road with me. No, I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. And blessings to you. Blessings to Vanessa. Thank you for having me. And to anybody watching, I'm so glad that you're seeing me whenever you're seeing me. So I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you. Um, what We're going to jump in at Keith real quickly here. And the thing is, what led you to this life transforming and what helped you to become the loving husband and the man of God that you are? Our pain. Um, God allows us through our pain to find him. So he sits back and allows us to do what we think we want to do and what we believe is good for us. And when we make the mistakes and we're in the midst of pain, that's when we find him. And in many cases, that's when he'll step in and say, are you ready now? Um, simply because we learn very quickly, you cannot do many of the things that you want to do in this life without him, but yet we try. That's the, the free will thing. But what folks have to learn and understand that one of the first things that God asks you to give up is that free will. Mm -hmm. That do it the way I ask you to do it and you'll end up here in salvation. But because we can't see it, we tend to cling to the control that we think we need. So I was no different. Um, God spoke to me at a hotel some 200 miles away from my girlfriend, now wife, because I was about to get into something sinful with somebody I had already got caught cheating with. And that was the night God decided, okay, enough is enough. And so many of us have our own Damascus moments. Yeah. But I think what happens is the question really becomes, do we give in to the Damascus moment? Um, mm -hmm. Paul could have easily said, so what, I'm blind. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. But those three days of being blind and those three days of worrying if you was going to catch it or not and the three days of being served 
uh, health by a, a fellow Christian was enough to get him on the path that he needed to go on. And like many of us, if we give in to those moments that God prepares us for, then he has something better for us, but it's, it's going to be rough. And I was no different. So for me, it was knowing at that moment, I needed to be somebody different, but having a wife who I, she wasn't my wife at the time, my girlfriend, having a woman in my life at the time who became the anchor as I found myself, because once you find God, you don't automatically change. That's not how it works. That's right. It's based on the path. Mm-hmm. And then on that path, the test comes both. It comes from God and it comes from the, the devil. Because your evil ways from who you were before tempt you. Mm-hmm. God is going to test you to make sure that you're serious about the changes that you say you want to make. And you have to try to figure your way out through that. And that's what happened with me. Um, I was placed on a pathway to to transition and I felt I needed to be somebody else and God laid the way for me. I then had to, to follow those those steps. And there was some times I tripped and fell, but again, having the right people around me allowed me to be able to stand up, clean myself off and continue to where I am now. And I think anybody listening, anybody watching, the real test is can you submit to something that you know nothing about and then continue on a pathway as you learn what that nothing you know anything about grows into something that will be the basis of your future. That's what it was for me. That's true. That's good. So how should people restore their relationship and rebuild it to where they can have trust after repeated hurt and abuse? Mm, Great question. The first thing is get professional help because you have to make sure that you're right first. No one can pour into you if you're a closed vessel. And most of us, once we're hurt, the first thing we do is become a closed vessel. So the key is to find professional help to restore balance, at least gain an understanding of why you are where you are, mm-hmm. and then start the rebuild and the transition to becoming who you're going to be or restoring what you've lost to a degree, because you're not going to get it all back. But it starts with professional help because hurt is a, is a very deep thing. All of us look at it differently. All of us face it differently. But what a professional can do, they become the GERD. They actually get under you and stop the falling and then say, okay, from this point here, we're going to work our way back to a point where you're good. And then at that point, as new people come into your life who can help sustain your, your pathway, God will then place those things in your way to help you. But first, you have to stop the free fall. And first, you have to be okay with managing your pain. And that's where professional help comes in. I also would add having spiritual help as well. This is one of the things that I do. I create and help churches build mental health ministries because I am of the belief that the faith aligned with therapeutic um, treatment are actually one and the same. You just have to know how to work the two. And often we overlook that in the church. If you go to Ephesians 4, I believe it is, where we talk about the fivefold ministries, everybody talks about the other four, but no one actually talks about the fifth, which is teaching, which that's all counseling is. I am teaching you how to be able to manage whatever is wrong through identifying scripture to be able to be the foundation that you need. We don't talk about it because most of us don't know how to address it, pastors included. So what we need to know is that the Bible has actually already shown us the way out of no matter what the dark situation is, we just need a tour guide. And that's where I come in. And that's what I believe would help a person get back to a position of feeling um, healthy again in themselves. 
All right. Well, you, you talked about hurt. And I want to dig a little bit deeper because you combine hurt and you combine the church hurt. Um, church hurt is, is powerful. And, and the church hurt that a lot of people experience, it can also hinder your spiritual growth and your transformation, your, your walk. Um, so why is it that church hurt is so powerful and how do we overcome that hurt that we experience from the church and be able to continue and grow from it? The same as we do all hurt because church hurt is no different than any other hurt. It's just that we put such an emphasis and belief into our church that when we're hurt by it, it's the same as if you got hurt by your husband, hurt by your wife, hurt by a child that you love, hurt by anybody that you love. When you're hurt by anyone that you love, it cuts deep. With the church, because we have a, a spiritual positioning and we placed our faith into God, and then when that is hurt, we believe that that connection to God is hurt, when in actuality, what it means is that you put too much faith in man. Mm. And the mistake was your church was not supposed to be the anchor of your faith. Your church was supposed to assist your faith. Your anchor was supposed to be God. So what happens with church hurt, normally when I deal with it, one of the first things I ask is, how were you hurt? And 99.9% of the time, it's somebody in the church did me like this. Yeah. Okay. And after another question I'll ask is, so what did God do to you? Mm. And, they and they pause. And the reason why they pause is because they were so upset by the hurt by human hands or human thoughts and human prayers mm -hmm. or human whatever, that they forget God didn't do that. And it's God actually right. said, don't put your faith and man, for they will always fail you. I don't. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways that I lead folks back to God is because in actuality, God says study daily to show thyself approved to me, not to the church. And we're supposed to have a, an unwielding um, bond with God. So when we face human cruelty, then we turn to God. And that's where the stories of the Bible actually help us. Joseph was in jail 17 years for what? because he had godly gifts. First, his brothers did him dirty. Then a woman that wanted to have sex with him, Potiphar's wife, he said no, and he wound up going to jail for a crime he didn't commit. So imagine being in a foreign land, in a foreign jail, and you haven't done nothing wrong yet. You would think the church failed you too, but it wasn't that. It was people. But he held fast to his faith. So 17 years later, he becomes the viceroy of Egypt, and now he's in a position to literally destroy everybody if he wanted to, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. he, continue to be the man of God that he was. And there's tons of stories that way in the Bible. And all they lead to is hold on to God more than you do people. Because remember, it was the same people who was yelling Hosanna to the highest. And seven days later, they were saying, kill him. And it was church folks that killed Jesus, even though the Romans did the deed. But we know today that if I order a hit and somebody else goes out and kills somebody, well, the person who pulled the trigger goes to jail, and I go to jail for ordering the hit. It was church folks who worked through those crowds saying, say we want Barabbas to go, let's kill Jesus. Romans are the ones that covered the hit. So everybody's hands was dirty, but those were church folks. Those are the Pharisees and Sadducees of the day. So again, we can't put all of our being into church. Church is supposed to be where we fellowship. Church is supposed to be where we learn. Church is where we're supposed to be able to grow into the faith. But the essence of the faith is our personal <clears throat> connection to Jesus Christ and, and the God above. Actually, look, what's, the, what's the request that we always hear from church folks? Are you ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord mm -hmm. and Savior? It don't care. Are you ready to accept the church? 
Amen. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is so cool. Throwing their shoes at the computer. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Mm. What words of encouragement um, do you have for the listeners um, who may be walking in your shoes as of this moment that you were going through in your past? Yeah. Oh, a great question. Um, first of all, you know, if you're sinful, you know, if what you're doing is sinful, you know, it. every person that's out here living in the flesh in whatever form or fashion it is, whether it's stealing, whether it's sexual, whether it's uh, criminal, whether it's just you're, you're, you're bullying somebody, whether you're just treating other people badly, you know, it's wrong. But what happens is the pleasure of what you're getting from it overrides your moral compass to not do it. I would say to anybody, you know you're not as happy as you could be, even if you think you're getting a ton of enjoyment from what you're doing. Because if, if any of us would take a couple of minutes and think of when we've gained from ill-gotten ways or from negative ways or from the flesh itself, we were never quite happy. Our conscience was never quite happy. And that conscience that everybody likes to use the word, but they actually don't want to say it's the Holy Spirit. We know it is literally says to us you shouldn't have did that and we fight that you see it in movies you see it in magazines you see it in movies mm -hmm. i mean music where the inner voice mm -hmm. is telling folks what's up what's going on why'd you do that well give in to that inner voice allow yourself to move away from what you know to be negative and then start that hard road to recovery of the the new you and the reason why it's going to be hard is sinful behaviors, sinful pleasures don't dissipate that easy. They don't just go away. And the people that loved you because you were sinful, they get very upset when you now don't want to sin anymore. Mm -hmm. And be prepared that some of the same people that love you are going to be some of the same people that try to destroy you because they don't want to see you leave the sinful position that they are enjoying you in. So just be prepared for that. But I would encourage anyone that the minute you lay it down, you hear the song, I'm going to lay down my burden and my, okay, well, the burden is the sin. But if you can lay it down, the new you, the you that you will become, it's fantastic. Mm. And the trust is going to happen, though. All right. All righty. All righty. Well, how can our listeners um, get in touch with you and find out how they can get themselves together and with God? Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, actually, I'm on every social media platform. Just look for Keith K.L. Belvin. Um, my website is Braven Publishing, which is B-R-A-V-I-N, B-R-A-V-I-N um, consultants.com, as well as my publishing website is Braven, B-R-A-V-I-N publishing.com. And just simply come by the website. All my information is there, especially on my um, consultant's website. Um, that's how I set up some of the, the counseling uh, sessions that I have. Or you can just do a Google search for me. You'll be able to find me and just reach out and tell me that you see me, where you see me at. Because a lot of times I've been to a lot of different places. People will tell me they see me. I'm like, I don't remember. But just, <laughs> and just reach out. Because and if anybody's listening and your church doesn't have a mental health ministry, reach out to me. Give me your pastor's information. You don't have to give me your name. You can be anonymous because I don't want your pastor getting back at you later if they don't like what I say. Because every church should have mental health outreach yeah. because we talk about the renewing of the mind. Mm -hmm. How can that happen without professional assistance? Sure. Amen.
be in touch with you. It's good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is this is truly uh, been a long awaited uh, session to have with you. It's been an honor um, and a pleasure having you. And to those that are watching, listening, we want you to please continue to um, tune in, subscribe to our channel, click that link and continue to um, stay informed. Most of all, be encouraged that there is someone that has already walked in your shoes that can help you. People don't always want to be able to, to discourage you, but we want to educate you, feed you, and point you in the right direction. So when you're walking down that path, it doesn't have to have a lot of potholes. It doesn't have to have a lot of rocks and stones blocking you. So just please continue to stay encouraged and continue to tune in for more great information. Thank you and have a good evening. <laughs>